point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald, your host. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we are continuing with our over-the-phone um, recording this week, just uh, seeing if, if maybe it's a little bit uh, better in terms of audio quality um, than, than using our video teleconference over the internet as we've been doing in the past. So hence, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, for some reason, I don't know why you wouldn't have, but if you didn't, um, that's why it sounds like Father's on the phone, because he is. Right, Father? <laughs> And uh, once again, as always, um, try to remember to give you my email address if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. And that is C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. C-Bergwald at sfcatholic.org. Happy Ordinary Time, Father. Hey, thank you very much. Um, So, Father, you have a... I'm sorry? Christmas, we hardly knew you. Yeah, what? Christmas, what? Um, you gave a, a, what sounds like a really interesting presentation um, the other day, and and you proposed that a topic. I, I had something else in mind that, that we might work in a bit, but I really liked the, your idea, so uh, I'm going to let you run with this, and I'll, and I'll chip in when I can. All right. Well, I, and actually, I think it kind of fits into, uh, I'm actually going to start out with your topic idea, which is ordinary time. Okay. Because um, I think... I mean, I don't know, for me as a Catholic, maybe for you, uh, uh, ordinary time is kind of this puzzling thing. It's kind of like, you know, uh, well, it's not Christmas, but it's not quite Lent, and so um, uh, what can we call this? Ordinary. There we go, ordinary time. You know, it kind of seems like it's like kind of at the bottom of the heap as far as, like, finding something to do. Yeah, I th- you know, just re- real quick there. I, I, some, my, the explanation that I heard once, and, and I, I don't, whoever told this to me it was a reputable source, so I, I haven't ever seen this in paper, but from my, my understanding, and Father, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, the reason I think it's called ordinary has to do with the ordinal numbers. So we're just, this, we're in the first week of this period of the church year. Um, so ordinal, like, just the numbers, not the sense that we normally give ordinary of just not extraordinary, sort of humdrum. Um, have you ever heard one way or the other? An expo- have you heard that before, out of curiosity? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. But, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, because the, the th- one reason it makes sense to me also, it, 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 it's plausible, but then also I, I always thought it was a little odd that the church would call a season of the year, the largest season of the year, Ordinary. It just that struck me in a in a way. Anyway, right. So so um, so I guess we're in ordinary. It's kind of like Eeyore. It's like Eeyore. <laughs> oh, that's right. Right. You know, it's you know Tigger. I suppose would be like uh, Easter, and you know, I don't know, maybe. That's <laughs> <laughs> this will be a fun exercise. <laughs> Try to fit in the uh, Winnie the Pooh characters into the liturgical seasons of the year. Right. Right. Um, but so, anyway, so, 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 you know, what's a Christian to do with ordinary time, you know? Um, and a thing actually came to me in this way, and it, it, I think it ties in nicely, is uh, was uh, watching The Hobbit. Uh, did, you, did you get to see, are you a Tolkien fan, uh, Dr. Bergwald? I am a Tolkien fan, but I've been tell, as I've been telling people, Father, I, I'm uh, interestingly still a little bit Jacksoned out. Ah, yes, understandable. 
So certainly, but I know the story. I know I've, I've, I read the book several years ago, so I know the the gist of the story. I do know that the the movie they incorporate some other material, some that's original, some from I think the Silmarillion. But from what I've you know, uh, but I know the gist of the Hobbit story itself. Right. Um, so the gist of the Hobbit story, of course, is that there's this. Uh, uh, you know, simple, little, fat and happy uh, hobbit named Bilbo who enjoys his life uh, eating food as often as he can and having a drink and uh, uh, smoking his pipe. When all of a sudden from the outside comes uh, Gandalf the wizard and the dwarves who seek to take him on an adventure, an an unexpected um, uh, adventure in this way. And so, um, uh, which is kind of... But one of the neat things when you look at the story is the way that uh, as Bilbo goes through his adventures, and it's this way in a lot of heroic stories, I don't know if Tolkien the Hobbit is the first, and maybe some dear listener can correct me who knows uh, English literature better than I do, American or English language literature, but this idea that the hero just kind of always keeps surviving by the skin of his teeth. Um, you know, and, and uh, just always keeps surviving by the skin of the teeth. And so he's saved, but not safely. Right? You know, he's saved, but not safely. You know, he, he barely gets away from Gollum. Right. You know, they barely escape from the ogres, thanks to the eagles, you know, just in the nick of time. And I think one of the things that Tolkien is drawing from, I don't know if he's necessarily trying to teach it, but he's certainly drawing from, I think, this Catholic experience of growing in our life of grace, of growing in uh, the virtues, of growing in the life of holiness. Um and which is really, I think, what ordinary time is all about. Does that, um, do you hear it? Maybe not understand, but do you hear the connection I'm making? Yep, I do. I do. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so then, uh, so so with this then becomes uh, this notion then that, okay, we, you know, Christmas, Easter, Advent, Lent, they're kind of the big conversion experiences. Or at least maybe they're, they're, they're an opportunity for that, and a chance to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way each year. Right. Okay. And so we can encounter him, we can see him, uh, we can know him in some new way. But then we get to ordinary time, and, and you know, what do you do after you've had the experience? What do you have to have the rush? And there's a need for this, this slow, continual growth, and uh, maybe this, this slow and gradual fight uh, against your own sin, your own sinfulness, uh, your own uh, wounds or difficulties you've received in this life, this slow, gradual growth in that way, um, in which in which God wants to work in your life. You know, Father, I think as you're saying that, I'm reminded, um, you know, talking about that in the context of 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 the year, and and for many Catholics, I think for the two of us, for instance, that sort of applies in some ways to um, our spiritual life at the well, lifelong, at least thus far level. In other words, or to elaborate, you know, both of us, um, maybe you better than I, but both of us grew up Catholic, but um, I, I had a falling away. Maybe you had a less fervent period. I, I don't remember the details. You can correct me. Um, but then there was a time when we, you know, an event or a series of circumstances prompted an excitement. And so we got really fired up and, 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 and and that lasts for a time, but then it sort of settles down. You know, it's, it's the, the analogy that is often used in that, that to describe that reality. The episode of the, the Transfiguration with the apostles, where they're, they're with, with uh, John, Peter, James, and John are with Jesus on the mountain. 
have this experience, but then they have to come down from the mountain. Um, right. And I had my experience where I got, you know, just sort of uh, the way that a match is struck and it fl- flares up, but then it s- establishes into a steady burn. Um, and I had that experience in my spiritual life um, 15 plus years ago where there was the, the excitement and the flare up, but then it had to, in order to last, it had to be steady out. And that, that's what I'm reminded of when you're talking about, you know, the excitement and the, the spiritual jolt that we can receive during um, Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter seasons. Um, but that has to steady down and, and, and last uh, and, and provide us nourishment, so to speak, throughout the rest of the year. Is that, is that right? Very much so. Very much so. And of course, who knows that better than anyone? I don't know. Jesus. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, so so God, God knows this. God wrote our human nature in this way. And so uh, he's able to, um, um, he, he's able to, uh, he, knows, he, he knows that. And so he knows that for the growth to be real growth, for the change to be real change, for the transformation to take, if you will, um, within us, then it needs to be, um, it needs to be in this long-burning or this transforming uh, manner that uh, uh, that takes for us to happen. Um, and of course, there's challenges. So it's not even though there might not be the big flash, right? There still might be challenges. There might be uh, scary things even in our experience. Like, whoa, I wasn't expecting to face that challenge. But um, but but it still is uh, uh, real and substantial. Right. So um, I was thinking about this, and so if you look at this kind of look at life, I think you kind of an interesting little proof of it, or at least a little evidence of it, of, you know, once I saw that in The Hobbit, and kind of, you know, and there's some articles about this, and, because, you know, do, do you know who the Hobbits really are, Dr. Bergwald? No. Us. Okay. Yeah, we're the Hobbits. Well, well, aren't we, all right. Well, even in The Hobbit, there are men, aren't there? I mean, aren't we right. men? Oh, yeah, most certainly, and... Right, but at the same time, the hobbits are us. The hobbits are Western civilization, where we're comfortable, we're happy, okay, we're content where we are, okay, type of thing. And this, not, not physically, but I think uh, maybe emotionally or spiritually or personally, that's, that's kind of where we are, okay, quite often. Yep, that makes sense. Um, and so, uh, so we're the we're, we're the hobbits. So I was, was thinking about this, looking at this. But then seeing that, like, how this seems to be, now I'm generalizing, of course, but this seems to be the case, this whole dynamic of, like, ordinariness or comfort or, or plainness, satisfaction, mediocrity, and then something coming to us from the outside and pulling us out with the opportunity to be more mm. than what we were before. So with, with Bilbo in that way, um, and this whole idea of gradual growth. So, so first, just look at this idea of gradual growth in popular culture. Um, look at um, uh, uh, video games. Okay. So many video games have this idea of, not all of them, but many of them have this idea of leveling up. Oh, sure. You know, that you have to do this or that task, and maybe you have to do this or that task 18 times before you gain the next task or you gain the next ability, right? And, uh, uh, and so you do different things. Or um, uh, modern adventure role-playing games, whether uh, computer role-playing, personal role-playing, not that I'm endorsing role-playing games. Um, you can imagine your emails now. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but seeing this kind of, this whole idea of this gradual growth, and even in, 
like I think some video game structures that aren't um, uh, necessarily like character driven. So like my students here at the Newman Center uh, for occasional recreation uh, play on the Nintendo Wii uh, Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart, or whatever they call it. Right. Right. And so I play it with them, and yeah, I'm pretty good. But, uh, <laughs> by the way, I'll take all challengers. Uh, wow. Yes, we call that arrogance. <laughs> I'm going to let that go. What? I'm going to let that go. You know, let that go? Well, I try. I try. I know. So, um, right. Uh, so even in a game like that, like the game's constructed to teach you certain things, how to do, like, even like the first couple courses, the first couple races that, can, that you have when you get to learn to use it, it slowly teaches you in that sense. It's going to slowly teach you, slowly expand for you your experience of how to do it. So you have to, you have to work the leveling up to get to the next level to receive the next ability, right. power, or whatever. You have to work at it. To learn, to learn the fundamentals so that you can do them again later. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's, it's just a little, little truth about humanity, a little truth about humanity. And then, uh, because kind of the other way is in superhero movies, mm. um, which I'm kind of a fan of superhero movies. They're kind of fun. I don't know what you think. Most of them I enjoy. Most of them you enjoy. One of the things I, f- I think I find in true is I really like the ones by Marvel. Marvel is a comic company and they have certain ones such as like Spider-Man or Captain America, Iron Man. Um, eh, the Hulk, not as much. But one of the things in these characters is that quite often when they have their like initial experience, it's oftentimes unlooked for. It's like Spider-Man gets bit by the radioactive or whatever genetically mutated spider. I don't, I don't quite know. Do you know? I think it's radioactive spider. Excellent. There you go. Showing your comic knowledge. I'm trying. Um, so he gets bitten by that, you know, with the, uh, um, Steve Rogers, Captain America. We watched that uh, on my bus trip for this focus conference I was at on the way back. Again, he you know, he just wants to stand up to bullies, and he kind of gets picked to try and do something special. Right. And then uh, <clears throat> we'll get into eugenics conversations at another time. <laughs> uh, dear listeners, if you want to learn about eugenics, E-U-G-E-N-I-C-S, send that in a question to Dr. Bergwald. Absolutely. At C at C B U R G W A L D at sfcatholic.org. You're listening to Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. <laughs> Brought to you by our sponsors, Marvel <laughs> Comics. Uh, just kidding, we are not sponsored by Marvel Comics. But if Marvel Comics, if you happen to be listening, we'd take the money. Amen. Uh, all right. Um, and donate it to charity. Um, really? Oh. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, where are we? Okay, Marvel Comics. Steve Rogers. <laughs> and then, of course, Tony Stark, Iron Man. Um, you know, it's initially something to keep him alive, and then he figures out that it's a way that he can, you know, help to do good with it. But in all three of these cases, there's this learning curve, and I think it's one of the great things they do when they tell the story in the movie that really invests you into the stories. You see the humanness, you see the folly, you know, you see that um, that, that that they're still, even though they're a superhero, they're still human. You know, they're not like some weird alien like Clark Kent, you know, Superman. But they, they have these, these follies of experiencing and going through it, and it endears you to the character in a sense. Because you can identify that knowing in yourself um, the ways that you struggle and strive um, to try to learn to do no, new things. So that any, 
any of that ringing a bell? That is, and I've actually got a question for you um, oh. along those lines. You know, it, uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Okay. As you were saying that, I'm thinking, okay, because the last thing one you had mentioned was Tony Stark, Iron Man, and he, he's he, well, particularly, I, I, I am, I have to plead some ignorance with regard to the comic books themselves. Right. But certainly, as uh, he's portrayed by Robert Downey Jr. in um, in the movies, um, of begins and in many ways remains very prideful and arrogant and so on, but he does grow uh, and gain some humility and so on. So we, so his flaws are very evident and, and we see as a result of, of, you know, the, this, well, gift, so to speak, that he, the abilities that he gains, he does grow. Peter Parker though, what, he seems like he's always been good. Where, where do, is there, with him in particular, Spider-Man, do we... I think, I think with him, it's kind of a growing into masculinity and responsibility. Oh, okay. Okay. And just kind of to be, uh it means to be a true man um, and to be responsible and put things on the line. Okay, so with him, so maybe it's with, with Tony Stark, it's, it's, it's overcoming or working to overcome certain vices. With Peter Parker, it's more about maturing. Right, which is all growth and virtue. Sure. Yep. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Huh. Okay. So, um, uh, right. So we have that going on. Um, so it's the whole idea of, of growth in that way and that growth that kind of calls to our heart. Um, and, uh, and then, then even in those characters, once they have their kind of initial, in, and not even just the moral growth or personal growth that we were talking about, but even just that growth into, like, you know, they always do a good job with a scene where like, oh my goodness, I can shoot webs. Right. Peter Parker tries to, like, and he does all these things, like, saying all these goofy catchphrases, trying to get the webs to come out. Yep. You know. Um, this is the 2002 Spider-Man we're talking about, not the reboot. Right. Already. Which I didn't see. I didn't either. Um, so, um, okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself in my own brain, so i got to catch up. <laughs> uh, or slow down. Oh, yeah. So anyways, so we see them do those things in that way and, and learn. But that learning even then continues in the story of the superhero then. So that even you get to the end and like, and they have those like little small confrontations with the small time thugs and things like that until we get to that final big confrontation at the end. But even then, it's not, it's not easily done. Mm. You know, it's not easy peasy. One right, two, right. Easy, right. It's, there's still struggle. There's still... Um, ways that they have to grow, and maybe even new lessons they have to learn in those final confrontations. Hmm. It's climactic confrontations. Right. And so, just think about that in terms of our life of faith, um, and our own struggles, our own difficulties in that way, you know, um, the truth and the attractiveness in these stories is because they correspond to our humanity as God made it. Right. So spell that out. In what way? Well, I mean, just that this whole idea of, like, gradual, natural human growth, struggling to learn new things, the freedom to answer a call to something or to deny the call, um, and just that, the, that whole kind of mystery of that, of, of that growth, whether it's the moral growth, the physical growth, um, and that we're attracted to movies and stories like that because it's us. Right, right. 
you know, and so what I'm thinking of there is, you know, that that's that's reflecting. We're talking about the spiritual um, realities, but obviously, that the very ordinary, very ordinary, mundane sense, that's that's the natural reality as well. We we just we we physically grow slowly, so you know, we shouldn't be surprised, and yet it's obviously it is, it's certainly worth worth. Uh, noting as we are, um, that that's true in the spiritual life, and also that we resonate with with um, movies, stories, and such that that portray that reality of of progressive and incremental. Yes, there can be, as there are with superheroes, certainly um, those big jumps, and there, and we do have those experiences. Or we can have those experiences in the spiritual life, but much of our spiritual life is. Ordinary, gradual, progressive. Right, right, and and we must not be frustrated. Right, right. Um, we need so, to be patient. Yeah, yeah, and to allow the process or the thing to take its place. And so, you know, I think Father, when, and, and I've probably I feel like I've mentioned this before in, in past episodes, but I think it's been a while. Sometimes I've, I've gotten frustrated about that. I, I I can be naturally impatient, and therefore when it comes to my spiritual life, I can be impatient. Like, Lord, I've asked you to give me this or that virtue, to help me to overcome this or that vice. Um, and I know that you want me to. I know you want me to stop sinning this way. I, I know you want me to do to love better in that, in that way. Um, why, why are you not answering this prayer like now? And so I've, I've, I've talked about that in spiritual direction and, and father is, has just pointed out to just very, very good at, from what I know, technique for spiritual direction, pointed to other experiences in my own life, particularly in my case, as a father of young kids and how, when they're standing or they're first starting to stand, they're first starting to walk, um, maybe that that asking me and I don't do do you allow your kids in those circumstances do you help them or do you allow them to struggle you allow them to struggle because they need to do that in order to grow in order to be able to do what it is whatever it is they're trying to do um, if I just picked them up and put them on the the chair every time they're trying to climb up into the chair they would never learn to do it on their own yep and the same tr- thing is true in our spiritual life very much so in this kind of touches on a thought, uh, maybe for another podcast at some point, um, but about, uh, you know, what does our salvation look like? The salvation God desires for us is not just simply the absence of sin, right. but the presence and the building up of real substantial goodness, right. to be really be formed after Jesus Christ, to become the, to become the image of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a, and there's a, just, and just, dear listeners, just so you know, we're not just waxing off the top of our heads and inventing doctrines, you know, as um, Catholics are prone to do. We should do an episode like that sometime. <laughs> and maybe not. No. Okay. We could develop our devotion to uh, the Blessed Mother of Acceleration. Sure. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, um, the verse that comes to mind, though, uh, in doing this is Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. Philippians chapter 3, verse That's in the Old Testament, right? I know, right. Exact, you're exactly right, Dr. Bergwald. It's in the <laughs> New Testament, written by St. Paul. And so here St. Paul is talking to the Church of Philippi. I, I believe the context is that there's some people claiming to be, like, super apostles and something like that. They must have watched many Spider-Man cartoons back in the turn of the millennium. See? Um, but uh, um, 
it's, it's, it's talking about the beautiful humility about his own growth in grace. Uh, can I read that passage? Please. Okay. Uh, it is not that I've already taken hold of it or have already attained perfect maturity, but I continue my pursuit in hope that I may possess it, since I have indeed been taken possession of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I, for my part, do not consider myself to have taken possession. Just one thing, forgetting what lies behind, but straining forward to what lies ahead, I continue my pursuit toward the goal, the prize of God's upward calling in Christ Jesus. Mm. And so hearing in that, you know, St. Paul, beautiful humility, I have not taken a hold of perfect maturity. You know, I'm not yet everything that I could be. Right? Think about maturity, not to the sense of like, you know, an immature guy goes and poke, pulls girls' hair, right? But maturity in that sense of being everything that you can and should be. Right. Um, and so pursuing them, that, you know, that, that word pursuit, he's stri- it's not a passive thing, but to be actively going after it. Yeah, it, it reminds me of other passages from Paul talking about striving and 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 winning the race and the continual struggle and work and his own, you know, the thorn in his side and so on. Um, that that he his his life as as powerful of, as an experience as he had at his conversion, uh, the rest of his life was not obviously. I mean, he he died the death of a martyr, but even his own his own spiritual growth, um, he, he had to mature. Right. So, anyway. Right. As as do we all, and I think that and that's part of the gift then of ordinary time. Mm. Um, it's a time to put these things, in, and then the way that we grow is we we do them. I was talking with a student today who was really fired up after our the conference experience with Focus Fellowship of Catholic University students, and uh, but now he's at the point where okay, now I just have to do it. He's like, but I don't always want to do the things I'm supposed to do. Right. Like, well, yeah. Right. <laughs> Roman seven. Roman seven. Yeah, Romans seven seventeen. Uh, miserable man that I am. I do the thing that I do not want to do, and I do not do the thing that I want to do. Yep. Darn. So, but ordinary time is this place. This is the place where he want. Now is the time. And yeah. you know, and I believe, and I trust, and I know that whatever things God has said, you know, to you listeners. You know, during Advent and Christmas, in ways maybe calls you to deeper. Now is the time to do it, especially when you don't even feel like it. Especially when you don't even feel like it. Absolutely. Excellent. So, watch more superheroes, read more comics, play more video games. Exactly. That's the lesson from this episode. We're not a message podcast, but if we did have a message, we watch more superheroes. (laughs) Level up. Excellent. Any other um, any other ideas as we uh, wrap things up, Father, or did you just do that? <laughs> uh, right, well, right now I'm kind of uh, waiting for my next level, I guess. You're waiting for it. <laughs> Aren't we all, Father? Aren't we all? Very good. Well, um, uh, I, again, I thought that was uh, um, an interesting idea, more a, a really fun idea, frankly, when Father uh, proposed this as a topic. Um, and and uh, I was happy to hear your thoughts, Father. Thanks. My pleasure. And we'll be back next week with another accept, another episode of Ignition. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignition. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future topics, 
you can email me at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Again, thanks for listening.